Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1,500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. And welcome into another edition of Spits and Suds. I'm Gavin Spittle of 105.3 The Fan, joined as always by two-time Stanley Cup champion, former Dallas star Craig Ludwig. And the weather is warming up, and it totally makes sense because people will be riding the rides at Six Flags. And I say that, Craig, because the Dallas Stars roller coaster is open for business once again. Oh, I thought you were talking about the two wheels. I'm going to be on tomorrow heading south. Yeah, uh, let's talk about that. <clears throat> oh, well, it's nothing much. I mean, we uh, uh, we did well with our, our team this past weekend, so they have the week off before we head to Michigan for Nationals. So we, are, uh, we got a few days off here, so I'm jumping on the bike and heading to the hill country for about three, four days. What does to, Craig Ludwig do in the hill country? A nice massage, <laughs> a little deep tissue, get your nails done. What is. Yeah. Yeah. A little yeah. bit of that. Yeah. Uh, okay. A lot of other things. And there's a hot tub at the little VRBO and there's a bunch of wineries. Nice. And there's, um, there's a cooler coming along. So um, it's time to decompress for three days before we get back, you know, into the grind of uh, practice and stuff like that next week. And how many bedrooms? One. Okay. All right. I was going to say, if there was an extra, I'd meet you there. I already knew the answer because I figured you'd be the kind of guy that would ask. So there's one. Well, I was just thinking that, you know, we could go golfing. We could talk hockey. We could talk trade deadline. Yeah. I'm not that, I'm not that threesome kind of guy. No, 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 no. I'd bring somebody. I have plans. <laughs> well, you caught and me you, good on that you, one. <laughs> you are not included. Oh, okay. That's your life. Uh, That's Gavin Spittle's <laughs> life. Well documented. Well documented. Absolutely. <laughs> Extremely well documented. Oh, man. Okay. Let this um, redness in my face yeah, go let away. that one sink in, fans. <laughs> Get a visual there. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, I'm losing it. <laughs> All right. I guess we have to talk hockey. By the way, that Texas Hill Country is beautiful. <laughs> it really is. All right. You want to talk hockey? Sure. No? Okay. All right. So after the game, Rick Bonus said, you know, we need to, we needed to be more physical. I, I'm asking you as a former player, like, 
aren't you either physical or you're not physical? I mean, it's one of those things that it's very tough if you're not a overly physical team to force physicality. I mean, it's not like you're asking the St. Louis Blues to be physical. Well, it's got to be part of your DNA. I mean, it's part of the makeup of your team. I mean, you don't you don't just become physical 60 games into a season. Exactly. So, you know, I mean, again, they they they've got a couple guys that are sprinkled around that that bring that. Um, but that's I wouldn't say that um the Dallas Stars are a physical team. Um they, I think their philosophy is <clears throat> be uh, th- their idea of being hard to play against is trying to play in five man units, um, you know, puck protection, speed. Um, I, they've been calling themselves a defending team. I, I don't, I mean, I see a lot of holes in defending side of things, but th- that's just the style that they play. Um, so, <clears throat> um, you know, my, my thing, just looking back at the game last night, when you play against a, a team, and Toronto's a good team. They're a good offensive team. I mean, and they're, and really they're missing good. their, you know, potentially 60 goal scorer. Um, they don't have a goalie to speak of. Um, they threw a kid in that got his first NHL win last night. So, you know, the weaknesses of that team, they've been looking to pick up a defenseman, a rugged kind of D-man to help in front of their net, play better in their own end. So, you know what their weaknesses are. Um and they play, Toronto plays a game because they can, because of their speed and their skill set, where there's a lot of little chips into areas, five, six feet away, and you bring people to the puck. It's not a, necessarily a dump and chase game where you get to the red line in the neutral zone and put the puck in and go get it, which that has changed a lot. Um, you know, it's better to keep the puck than have to get it back, but and they're really good at it. <clears throat> they have good, a, a good, you know, depth of players that play that way. And I just felt that two things. <clears throat> Dallas started to play their style a little bit more than what I, I think Dallas should play. I think when you play against a team where their weaknesses is in their own zone, you get pucks in deep and you play a territorial game. And there were times going through the neutral zone at the offensive blue line. They tried to play that little, put it into an area just inside the blue line. Let's get another guy into it. But they have such good gaps with their defensemen. They turned a lot of them over. And where I think that if at the end of the night in a 60-minute game, you spent 34, 35, 36 to 40 minutes um, territorially uh, winning that battle, you have a better chance to win because they're not a strong defensive minded group of players and you kind of play into their strength. You're kind of playing, you get pulled into someone else's game. And, you know, there were, you know, the one that came back to haunt them. Um, uh, I think it was the second goal, Radulov, you know, he was at center ice and he tries to make a little pass through the neutral zone. I, don't, I think it was to Tyler. I don't know. Yes, it was. Tyler. Yeah, he was on the so left the wing. And over and it, yeah, he, the puck he, turns over and it goes the other way. Yeah, it was a, fl- it was a flip pass. Part. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you, you kind of force it through a couple guys to make that little, that area, that tape, tape pass. Again, I'm not, um, I don't want to, I don't want to say that that's the wrong way to play because that that is part of how they try to play. I just think that you have to know your opponent. And, and if that play would have gone in deep, 
you know, you're spending another possible 30 to 45 seconds in, a, in an area of the ice that that team doesn't want to be. And, and sometimes you, you know, that's, that's how you win games is by forcing other teams and players into, into spots that they're not comfortable playing. Um, and so you kind of, you kind of tend to, to allow them to play the game that they want to play. You know, Tyler lost the guy on a face off a diesel. Well, actually that one I think was the one that turned into an icing. And Rads tried to make a little pass. Um, and I think that's the one that went down. Yes. And then, you know, and again, defensive responsibilities. Tyler, you, you if you lose a draw, your job is center on center. Right. And I think that's the one Tavares ended up getting in position. Essa Lindell was, was not worried about the man coming to the front of the net, which is a defenseman's responsibility. He's staring at the, the, uh, the defenseman taking the shot for Toronto and Tavares is standing between two of the Dallas Stars players and he tips it in. That's not on the goalie. That that's, that's, that's a, that's a battle that you have to win, especially when you have a mount number two to one Hawk and paw, the first goal, that, that's just a stick thing. I mean, he was trying to take a pass away. Um, I think it hit Hawk and paw stick. I'm not sure on that first goal. Um, but you know, as a defenseman, that's part of your job is to take the passing lanes away, but you have to know the angle of your stick. That ice on the first goal was wide open. My my question to you as a former defenseman, did they almost back up too much? Like, you know, I know Toronto was coming and they had the numbers, but still it I, I just felt as though, you know, Hockenpah was backing up, backing up, backing up. It's when it yeah, but when when a team has numbers as defensemen, somebody made a mistake. And what your job is, is as a pair of defensemen, or if it's two on one, you have to play it where you're buying time for people to get back into coverage. And, um, you know, it, it, and again, they're a fast team. That's their strength. That's exactly who they are. And so you have to play the game with numbers. And when you're, when you're turning pucks over in certain areas of the ice, because you're trying to make a, you know, a little area play to keep possession of the puck, um, you end up getting people ahead of the play. They turn their defensemen do a good job picking pucks off at their own blue lines. Um, they they you know their transition game is really good, and so you know you'll end up with a lot of outnumbered rushes. And if you're the the defenseman or the pair defenseman back on a three and two, you buy time. You try to th- keep things to the perimeter, and and kind of slow the thing down uh, because as soon as you step, a three on two is easier to defend than a two on one, and you can't turn a three on two into a two on one. What you're trying to do on a three on two is you're trying to turn it into a three on three Buy time for my forward to get back into the play, pick up a late guy and then keep the, keep, you know, keep shots to the, to the outside. Your goaltender can make a save rebound goes in the corner and you go about your business. Um, it was a pass though. When, when the player starts cutting to the net, I think he was trying to make a pass across the crease. And when Hawk and Paul went down to block the shot, which is what you're blocking with a stick block mm-hmm. the pass. I think the angle of his stick is what I, I think it looked like to me. It went in off of his stick. Now, maybe it went directly in. If it went directly in, I, I would say that that's on your goaltender. I mean, that, you know, he comes in, cuts from the side. Um, but again, I, you know, I'm not going to blame Ottinger. It's been really good. Uh, you know, there, but I, I just look at things that are happening around him. Um, but listen, that that's the game that they've played all year. That's the game that they've played for a couple of years. So, um, and it got them to the conference final or the, the Stanley cup finals, uh, one year just got them not in the playoffs at all, but you know, we knew there were other circumstances around that whole year. So, um, you know, you, you got to play, 
your opponent makes a difference, man. Um, you know, you know, they know way better than we do what teams' weaknesses and strengths are. Toronto Maple Leafs are our team that plays north. They go north, they attack. And when, when a team wants to attack, you have to have at least numbers that are even. Um, you can't give up outnumbered rushes. And that, that's the time for me as a defenseman. You know, we have offensive guys minded. I mean, you make the right choices at the right times. And you don't want to put, you know, don't put these, they're, they're going to create their own um, rushes. Don't, don't hand them a, a couple, two or three. So, um, you know, and again, I, I look at the Devara school. Somebody should have broke his wrist or, you know, a good stick across the hands or, or mm-hmm. something. I mean, he's standing between two guys and nobody touches them. Yeah. You know, and it's just an easy, it, I mean, again, I don't put that on Ottinger and Kasha's goal, you know, it's a shot. So, um, you know, but at the end of the day, it's not like they played a terrible game. You know, the goaltender at the other end was really good. I mean, yeah. you know, and that it'll be interesting to see what Toronto does. And, you know, they're having goaltender uh, issues. And um, so it wouldn't surprise me if that kid starts the next game. But um, that's for other other people in other cities to worry about their team and Dallas. Right. Unfortunately for Dallas, you look around every team that needed to pick up points, <laughs> picked up points except the Dallas stars. Yeah. Yeah. It's getting real tight. By the way, John Tavares, 59 games, 57 points. So. And and he's having a, and, and, and according to their standards, he's having an off season. Yeah. I mean, he, he did go 15, 20 games without scoring a goal, but there's a lot of other things that he's bringing. But then again, you look at the guy, that is leading the league in goals, two game suspension in Matthews. And, you know, what does a superstar do that maybe isn't having his best season? And, you know, he's in his thirties, so it's not like he's 24 anymore. Um, and he just, he finds a way to get a goal. Yeah. You know, the big guys down, your captain steps up and, and gets a big goal for him. Well, we've been saying, I feel like we've been saying multiple times this season, this is going to be an important stretch. <laughs> But I can honestly say this is going to be an important stretch, especially since it's on the road. You got to get two points against the Habs tomorrow night. Well, that that game ends up being a must game. Yes. And, and, and funny enough, or oddly enough, I should say, Montreal's been playing really good. And, and what what they've done with, you know, Mart, Martin St. Louis, who's come in and, you know, the last uh, team he coached was a Bantam team. Yep. Um, comes in, comes in, takes that team over. To me, he's kind of handling it like almost like Bruce Boudreaux would be doing in Vancouver. Come in a lot of positivity, play with your skill, play with your strengths. Don't think too much. Uh, and it's, and they're playing free and he's got Caulfield, the young kid that everybody thought was going to win the Calder last year. And then possibly this year, he's got him scoring now and you can just see it. Caulfield's a, you know, a smaller stature player. St. Louis was that kind of a guy um you know became a hall of famer and he probably marty probably sees a lot of caulfield in, in what he had to go through and um in a, in a game that was a little bit different you know there was a little bit more heavy play that that marty had to fight through when he played and now you know so it's kind of tailors to or caters i should say ta- you know to the smaller players and um so anyways um you know and they they've got they there's not a lot of stress on their shoulders there in Montreal. You know, they've had a, a, a shit year um, coming off, going to the finals and, and, you know, and then a, some changes and everything else that happened. Um, you know, they want to trade the whole team. The GM gets fired. The coach gets fired. Um, you know, so now you're trying to build the guys up 
And so there was a lot of positivity and encouragement going on and they've responded and, you know, they're winning hockey games. So um, it's a game that Dallas needs. It's a game that Dallas should win. Um, but now you're playing against a team that's just playing free and light. And there's not a lot of pressure on them where, you know, Dallas, there's pressure. I mean, you know, you, you, you put more pressure on yourselves because you allowed, you know, two, three teams to come back into play now, you know, but the good news is for Dallas, there's always some good news is that they've got, you know, two games, three games, four games in hand on a few of the teams that are, you know, right around them. So, but again, we know that, I mean, you still got to win those games. They mean nothing unless you win them. Yeah. We'll also be watching the status of defenseman Ben Sherrod for the Canadians and he was held out of the, the game previously. Let's see if he's either held out or traded prior to the game. Yeah, he won't be playing. I mean, it was a managerial move, which Absolutely. means, you know, there, there, there's something in the works. Yep. And that guy's been dangled for, for months. And if you're getting close to doing a deal with somebody or two people or two teams or whatever it may be, you are not taking a risk where you sat him out one game and then, you know, whether it may, and unless those deals fell apart, but but otherwise, there's no way they're playing them because there's something there's something imminent that's happening. Oh, and I so think, and I think he's a terrific acquisition for a playoff. Yeah, yeah. And, and the best thing about him is I think he's got two or three years left on his contract. Uh, actually, e- expiring. Oh, that no, it's Chikrin. It's Chikrin. A, it's a yeah, Arizona Chikrin. You're right. Yeah, three years left. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah, yeah. Sherrod's Sh- actually got a favorable salary, and he's up after this year. Um, he he is on the other side, um, so to speak. So, uh, hey, well, hey, you never know. Maybe he'll be wearing a Dallas Stars jersey tomorrow night. <laughs> it, it, it's happened before. Who knows? I mean, there could be a a, a John Klingberg to Montreal, Sherrod to Dallas. So, Who knows? I, I will say, <clears throat> excuse me, I will say this. It works salary-wise. Um, it's an expiring deal. Uh, from what I've been reading, the asking price for Montreal is pricey. It should be. Yeah, I mean, listen, he's a, you know, he's... I mean, it's it, it should be, and um, you know, there and again, Montreal is in a in a situation of strength, you know, and so it, it's a bidding thing, and you know, there's going to be he's a young defenseman. I mean, that's you know, and it's that's pretty rare. Um, so and he's got enough years under his belt. You, you, they know the kind of player he is. He can play at both ends of the rink. Um, so there are suitors out there. And they're probably teams that have a legitimate chance to win a Stanley Cup. And those teams will pay a little bit more. I mean, you look at Colorado got a big, tough defenseman, in my opinion, for basically nothing in Manson the yep. other day. Yep. And and that's going to fit into exactly what Colorado – Joe Sack is a smart dude. I mean, that's exactly what they need. They have the skill in Colorado – that Josh is going to bring some bite to that game and you, it's going to make it difficult for the opposing forwards to get to where they need to go to score. And that's what Manson's MO is. And that's, you know, his dad played that way and his dad was one of the biggest, baddest dudes to play. And um, his dad actually is now, I believe, coaching in, in Edmonton, um, uh, the defenseman. But anyway, um, so th- this guy, I, I would expect that, uh, it's one of the contenders that is possibly getting him. I mean, I haven't heard any rumors, so I don't know. But, you know, he's the kind of guy that I think that if you're looking, I, I could see Carolina, you know, Carolina's got a good decor. But, uh, but again, Florida, Florida, you know, could use that. 
Um, Tampa always seems to do something. I don't know if they're in the market for a defenseman. So, I mean, these are teams that are, you know, they're, they're all up, they're up at the bowl, you know, they're all drinking and they all, they're, they're looking for something that can give them that little bit of an edge. And, and I think for defensemen and for teams that are going there, you're not getting through the playoffs with six or seven defensemen and you need eight, nine, 10 defensemen. There's going to be injuries. And so the deeper you are, and you can unplug one guy and plug in another guy, the, the better off you are for it. A little protection for Sidney Crosby and Pittsburgh wouldn't be bad either. Yeah, yeah. You know, I, ju- I just don't – I'm not sure how – goaltending there. Jari had a good year there, yep. and he's he – I don't know. I think he scares them. So I, I don't know if they're – you put them in that category as a contender. I mean, anytime you've got Crosby, Malkin, Latang, and – and Burke and you know uh, th- their management team knows that they said that right from the beginning when they when they took this this team over, you know you've got those three kind of players as, as your pillars, you're you're not rebuilding. You're going to find a way to add whatever you can to give you another kick at the can because you know Malkin, Crosby, what do they have left? Latang, um, you know how many years do they have left? And when you have, you know those kind of guys in important positions, um, you know, you, you take runs at it. And, and so they know that. So um, I just don't know. They've been really good though. I mean, they have been good. Um, I just don't know if they, for me, if they fall in that, that category of the, you know, the top three, four five teams. Yeah. So last night, a switching of the second line, Radulov up, as we've mentioned, Gurionov down. And the Dennis Gurionov seesaw continues. I understand that he may be a liability at times defensively, but I did not believe that Radulov gave you more offensive punch than Gurionov can. Now, the question in Dennis's career, which Gurionov's going to show up, that's been the situation since he joined the Texas Stars in the AHL. So... I am very pro-Gurianov. Um, I'm interested to see what the team does with Dennis at the end of the year, knowing the cap situation. He will be a restricted free agent, so they do have control over him. But a possible trade, you know, we'll see because – or maybe there'll be a new coach in Dallas and that coach can figure it out. I just – there's a lot of talent there, and I just I just didn't feel like putting him in the third line is going to do anything. I mean. Uh, at times, he played hard last night. I liked how he was in front of the net. He almost scored a goal. But, you know, it, it's just it's just a mystery because that guy at times looks like he can be all-star caliber, and at times he's just not around. That I think that move is more of continuous searching to put something together to help out Pavelski, Hinson, Robertson. This team has been living on one line yeah. and there has been history in the past with that other threesome. And I think you're trying to, you know, you're hoping, can they, can we get, can we put, you know, three guys together that we know have had some chemistry in the past. Um, and can we find something? I mean, now is when we need to find something as far as Gariano, I just don't believe that you're moving that guy. I think that, is this not, when you're speaking of it, is this not a little Nachushkin? You want to go ahead and move him and now look what he turns into? 
You know, Val is a, a good piece in Colorado, um, but Val isn't a pure scorer like I think Garyanov can be. Um, Val has been unbelievable this year with Colorado in his role. Uh, you know, a third line guy, but I think he's getting close to 15 to 20 goals. Um, he plays big, he plays strong, everything that they figured he was going to be here. And to me, there's been, to me, there's been too much of giving up on players too early, whether that's molding them the right way to start with you trade them. And then, then we start getting players back that we traded away. <laughs> you know, we, we get guys that we, we moved on to another club and we get them back. It's like, well, here, can you guys turn them into the player that we want? <laughs> we'll get them back from you. See Jamie you know, Alexiak. Oh. Yeah. I mean, but think about it when, when Jamie, when Jamie's gone and Tyler's, you know, where Tyler's now, Radulov's not going to be back. Uh, you know, I mean, Gary Onov can score. Gary oh, Onov yeah. can skate. Gary Onov can shoot. I think Gary Onov has started to go to the net more than he did earlier. And he's, he's finding he's tough. That he's, and he's, he's scoring some goals. So I, I don't, I just can't see them moving him. I, I just, I don't know what. I, well, my point is, Craig, is, is like, I, I just, and this is why. You know, I, I hate to do this because I don't want to be that reactionary, but this is why I feel as though if they don't make the playoffs, a coaching change is necessary because you're you you have Ben and Sagan fixed. You have to get more out of uh, a Dennis Gurianov. So how do you do that? You have to come in with a different offensive system or a system that that works. Uh, I'm just not seeing the adjustments that the staff is making that is fitting Dennis's game as far as like, wow, this guy's explosive. When he was together with Rope Hints, to me, that was explosion and that's speed. Don't want to break up the first line by any means, but I'm saying that connection was there. So I am pro Gurionov. I'm just saying it's 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 frustrating watching. But I mean, who who else are you going to drop down on a line? You're not going to drop Ben or Sagan. Because there's no one to call up. That's my point. There's no one to say like, okay, Michael Raffle, you're our second line player now. They just don't have that depth. And I think that comes from the off season where you have to build that depth where a player could come up and play on three lines and be effective on three lines and step in when someone goes down. I just don't think they have that. I, I've been saying that. I just, I mean... They are what they are. That I mean, the, yeah. the old overused. I mean, they are a one-line team, and you know, and and you hear about people in the pipeline, and you hear about this, and you know, we we hear that I think from every organization. And since we're that close to this, I mean, I've been hearing it for years, and I'm like, man, that's got to be a big pipeline, you know, or because we haven't seen everything that you know we've heard about, and so that's why you when you when you have a window, you have a window. And I, I said this to you before, I mean, to me, the window was, you know, two years ago and, you know, and then again, when the window's open, it eventually is going to start to close. And so I think that Dallas probably feels that, you know, like I said, there's a, the changing of the guards uh, of when it was Tyler and Jamie, you know, and um, John Klingberg. And now, you know, it's, it's Hintz and Robertson and Haskinen and, um, you know, but that happens in every organization. And I think the good ones are the ones that are able to, you know, look into the future and say, you know what, this kid is, you know, like Robertson, you don't have to look too far in the future that Robertson is going to be what Robertson is. 
and you know exactly what what hints is. And so now you've got Joe Pavelski for one more year. Um, so who is the next best Joe Pavelski out there? And I shouldn't even say the next best. Who is the player that can play with those two guys? That's in his mid-20s. Who is he? How do we get him? So that at least we know that we've got that, hopefully, that those three mesh. Who's the defenseman that's going to play with Miro? Who's the defenseman that's going to play with Esso? Whatever it's going to be. Um, but, you know, more importantly, who's going to play? Who's the centerman that can play with Gariano? And, and who's ever going to be on that other wing? I mean, those are the things that those GMs are – that's what they have to do. Mm-hmm. You know, they've got to be able to look into the future. And, and I'm sure – you know, because, again, to say that, you know, we're going to pick in the – you know, we're going to pick in the – our first picks in the second round, that that kid's going to be here. Well, I'm going to tell you, the same thing's going to happen. By right. the time those guys are ready, unless they are Connor McDavid or the Bedard kid or maybe the right kid that's probably going to go first overall this year – that can step into the league, you know, like the guys in, in Jersey, the Hughes and all, you know, these players, those are, they don't, th- that's not low hanging fruit. And, and so it's going to take time. It's going to take time for that player to develop. It's going to take time for the chemistry to develop with the, you know, with the Gary on or whatever it may be. So um, it, it's not, <laughs> it's not an easy gig, you know, especially in a salary cap uh, era that they're in. You can't just go out and, offer that perfect centerman that you see that will be the replacement for Joe Pavelski in a year from now and just offer more money than anybody else. It doesn't, you know, it doesn't work like that because there's only so much money to go around. No. And kudos on the Pavelski deal. Uh, it's a, it's a good deal. It saves you a couple of million. Uh, flip yeah. side is, and listen, I'm not playing hindsight 2020. I've said it from day one. I thought Jake Ottinger was ready to be an NHL goaltender. This Anton Hudobin situation where you don't know if he's coming back at all. I mean, there's a chance that this could be a Bishop injury. And I don't think, did you, I mean, do you think Dolby was ever going to play here again? But my problem, I don't, I don't think they ever had intentions of Dolby being back here. Well, if they when didn't you go out and get Holtby and you bring, right. and, and they know what they have in, in Ottinger. I just don't think that they, I don't think he was ever part of the plan. But you had to think to yourself like, okay, so let's trade him. For anything. Because right now I'm sitting with a $3.3 million cap hit next year without any relief because he's down in the American Hockey League. And I cannot put him on long-term injured reserve and get that cap relief. So that's an issue. To me, hey, that, that-, that, that, that that's, that's like, to me, that's a general manager issue. Like, I'm trying to be nice, but... You know, they gambled and they lost. Well, I, I'm actually surprised that he hadn't been moved up until now. Yeah, I was too. I'd give a fifth, I mean, a I sixth, a seventh. Take whatever. There, there, there's enough teams out there. You know, we talked about Toronto. We talked about Edmonton. I mean, there's there's teams out there that need a goalie. So I don't know if they were asking more than what teams wanted to offer. Um I don't know. I don't know. I would have never expected Doby to be here that long. Now, and again, but you know, I, I'm not. If Ottinger's your guy and he goes down for any, you know, unforeseen thing that comes along, and Doby goes in there, I, I, I don't believe he's the answer. I mean, I, I don't think he's the going to take you where you need to go. Um, 
you know, he had a good run that one year. Yeah. But again, he was still giving up three goals a game. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they were finding ways to score four and five, which, you know, for how many years has that not really been who the Dallas Stars have been? Right. But they found a way, you know. So, um, and he's a Dobie's a battler and great teammate. I, I, I just don't think that, you know, he's a top five, top six guy in the league. And and that's not easy to find a top five, six guy in the league. Yeah. yeah. But I think Jake has got the, I think Ottinger's got the makings of it. Um, you know, I think, and, and we're seeing now his play. What I feel is like his play where he, we're like, man, he is good. He has been good, but he wasn't playing every other, he wasn't playing games like a NHL starter plays. You know, he wasn't playing 14 games out of 16. Yep. So now you're seeing the workload and now, and I don't think they're, you're they're, I don't think anybody's concerned. I just think that that's a process you have to go through. I think that was the reason everybody was wondering why Ottinger, when he wasn't going to be starting in Dallas, why, why is he not our guy up here? Because he, he needed to be in a spot where he was going to be the guy. He was going to have to learn how to play four games in a week, you know, two and four days, three and five days, three and four days. He had to learn how to do that. And so, um, and I think that that's what you're seeing. I think you're seeing that process play out right now. I get it. I just think sometimes perfect world, absolutely, that's the right thing to do. But in a cap world, that makes it difficult. And so that's, but, I mean, you know, we move on. I want to have an educated conversation about Radic Fox. Uh, well, then you probably ought to call somebody else. I know. I know. <laughs> it's just not happening. And it's not, no, it wasn't going to happen. It but, wasn't going to happen but, the day they signed him to the contract but, he signed. That's what I, don't I don't know don't... why people are, they should never be down on this. They, they, I don't care what player it is. You're going to sign a player in his 30s to a five, six year deal. You're not getting anything. You're not going to get remotely close to what there is the odd player, the Joe Pavelski that plays into his mid to late thirties and is a really good player that again, though, you don't find those players. So Rads is Rads to me, his decline, I think is almost a product of how hard he plays. I I say this about Brendan Morrow too many times. Brendan Morrow cut his own career short by a year, two, three, whatever it is, because he played too damn hard every shift. And he, he fought every battle that he had to fight. And he, he just took some years off his career. And I think when you watch Radulov, if you ever watch Radulov in practice, there is, you wouldn't even know that he doesn't have his game jersey yet. He practices literally, the, and that's what you're supposed to do. You practice the way you play and you play the way you practice. Rads plays the same way. And, you know, he's, and there's times he looks like he's in his 40s. You know what I mean? Just physically. Yeah. And it's just because he works so damn hard. But he's, he's, he gives you everything he's got, but it's just, it's not there. No, I, I I totally agree with you. In the first two years were great. I actually mentioned Radic Foxa. <laughs> Again, <laughs> that's but that, that's what I'm saying. All right, so that's the person I want to have a conversation because that's a person 28 years old. Oh, I thought you said I thought you said Radulov. No, that's okay. I mean, hey, listen, the Rad's explanation was Oh no, we were talking about Radulov a little earlier. Yeah, we? the the. the <laughs> The Radulov explanation was terrific. <laughs> well, I, and the thing is, I got I, I love Radulov. So I thought you did not. I, I do I, too. I'm defending, I'm defending him. No, I listen. I, I, you know, 
if he wants to come back next year, one year vet minimum, you know, one, $1 million or something like that. I mean, I'm good with that. I mean, guy plays hard. Um, I'm just saying, like, I, maybe I'm too much looking at the cap. But, you know, when I pay $3.25 million for Radic Foxa and I'm looking at a minus 16 on the ice and I'm looking at declining numbers and I'm looking at a guy that, yeah, sure, he's going to play every night, but he's got 13 points and he's a third-line player. I mean, I just – those are my frustrations because how did you not see that this guy was declining? How did you – not only sign him to a multi-year deal, you made it a modified no-trade clause for a guy who was declining. I, I don't know. You, you, you're talking declining from numbers standpoint. Um, yeah. I just think that if you look at all the teams that are contenders and Stanley Cup champions, there's always that guy. There's that guy a big, strong centerman that wins draws, goes out against other teams' top lines, and is more of a shutdown guy. And I think that role has kind of evolved a little bit um, from when guys like Carbo played. Um, I think it's kind of turned into the Ryan, you know, the way O'Reilly plays, you know, in in St. Louis. I mean, I, I think he's a special player. But the majority of his career... He was a guy that was, and still is, you know, close to 60% on face-offs. The way he played in his own zone. And then he chipped in with, you know, points and goals here and there. And then all of a sudden over the last, you know, well, not maybe not this year. He hasn't had the same kind of year. But, I mean, MVP of the, you know, the playoff, the uh, Stanley Cup, and, you know, all that kind of stuff that he became, um, they would all don't turn into that. I mean, I look at stall and you know guys like that when when pittsburgh had him he had nothing to do with scoring goals and points stall would come out take the big draws take the key face-offs end of periods beginning you know power play and then change penalty kill was a a, a fixture on that and i think that's what they were getting in radic foxa this big strong centerman can win face-offs we can put him against top lines and then we can trot out our, our top line, offensive line. And we don't have to go uh, power on power. And you kind of get your top lines to go against a team's second or third line or second or fourth line. And, you know, and a lot of that I know has evolved a little bit too where you go strength on strength. And But I think that you look at the, the top teams and, and they have those guys that, and this is mainly about the road. It's not so much about at home. It's about being able to play on the road. And and I think that, you know, if you have that Fox line and you have a face-off in your own zone and the Sagan line, for instance, that's your top line, it's coming off the ice, or it's the Pavelski line's coming off the, light, the ice, you're fine with Radic being out there. I think that's the philosophy, what they had with Foxa. He's going to be our number three centerman that has that role, which I've said this before, that number three line becomes a number two line for me. You have a secondary scoring line, you have your top line, but your number three line is really your second important line. Like they have the job of shutting down Kucherov. You know, they, they have the job of that. That's your responsibility. You know, when you're when we're at home, we get the last change and they're going to be out there. 
you know, and then what happens is, okay, so we've got Pavelski, Hinson, and uh, <clears throat> Robertson out there on the road. And let's say you're playing Tampa and Tampa wants to go with uh, the Kucherov line, their best top line, you know, at times in the league or Barkov in Florida, that line. Well, you know what? Okay. Now we're going strength on strength. We're okay. We feel we're okay. We're a puck possession, their puck possession. And so, you know, we'll, we'll get them out there 30 seconds. Then we, then we throw out the Fox line, you know, to wear that line down and then we can come back again with our top line against their second or third line. So anyway, I think that's kind of their philosophy. Yeah. I know it's the plan. Yeah. I mean, maybe it didn't play, maybe it didn't play out as well as you wanted it to, I guess. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm grizzled. I'm just grizzled. I'm just frustrated. I'm just frustrated. I just want well, Paul. Let, I just let, want Paul Maradix. What's Raddick's best total? You're probably sitting in, you probably have his stats. You probably carry his stats around in your, in your pocket next to your, your F- pencil holder. 54.3 <laughs> face off win this year. Oh yeah. No, no, no. I'm talking about points. All right. Now, yeah. if Rock and if Rack is if at fifty four percent, that's pretty damn good. No, it is good. That's yeah. fine. So, what are, what were what's his best year in goals and assists? Did, making, he, did he hit thirty? You're making me work. I just uh, want to know if you're... he hit. Uh, yeah, one time he hit thirty three points, and then another okay. time he hit thirty. Okay. Yep. So he's got 20 games to go and he hits 20. Let's say he gets to 20, 25. Probably not going to get there. Yeah. He gets to 22. He, he's, not the, he's not the problem. I mean, he's, he's part of the problem as a group, but I don't think he's a, a you know, and again. No, he's not, he's not the entire, to, he's not the entire problem. My problem is, and this is a problem with, like, if Radic Fox is making a million dollars, Craig, I'm good with it. And like I said, maybe I overanalyze the cap too much. I just think at that salary, I need more production. And I need a defensive. I know there's not shutdown anymore. But I've seen at times where defensively there have been lapses with him. Yeah, I mean, I can. I don't know if I put that. But I agree. And But again, I'm going to go to a system. And yep, there to me. I'm not 100% sure of the system that they're playing, but there's a lot of times I don't like to, I don't like to see and when we're in our own zone, when our defensemen are out above the top of the circle, which tells me they're playing some kind of man-on-man. Not a fan. Yeah. Don't get it. It's, I got my guy. Hey, I didn't make the mistake. I got my guy. He's out here. Well, you know what? For 21 years, you were taught how to play in front of your goaltender. And for the other 21 years, that forward that's playing in front of the goaltender was taught to play above the tops of the circles. That, that, that that's just my thing. No, I, I, I love don't know that. So if they're supposed to follow a guy around, like like I like Tyler on the faceoff last night, Tyler's guy is John Tavares on that faceoff. You lose the draw, you're staying with your centerman. You didn't stay with your centerman. I, I again, I don't think Essa Lindell should have been looking past John Tavares and playing. He John, they literally switch positions again. When your defenseman is in front of your centerman playing in front of your goaltender, to me, that's wrong. Mm-hmm. But anyway, um, so I, there may be a, a lot of different factors. And, and then you mentioned that minus 16. How much of that is at home and how much of that is on the road? We'll have to check on that. Because I'm going to guess two-thirds of it are probably going to be on the road because this whole team can't play on the road. Yeah, They've yeah. had issues all season long. I mean, I think John Klingberg is what minus eighteen, and my guess is, you know, probably ten of that, twelve of that, 
is on the road. Did you did you like plus minus as a player? Oh, no, <laughs> but <laughs> but when when you were the kind of player that that I was, and you have to play, you know, and you have the opportunity to play against top lines, you kind of have to rely on it because I wasn't getting any other numbers. <laughs> you know, the mother the mother lines with them the mother category didn't have anything in them except goose eggs. So, so my other question for you is the trade deadline nears. Is that as a former player? Can you recall a time where you thought I might get traded today? Did you pack yeah. an extra bag or what from a player's perspective, take us inside your head and what you felt, what your teammates felt, because I think it becomes, you know, similar to what I was saying with the cap, it just becomes players become numbers. And we don't really think of the feelings involved, the, the packing, the, you know, get off if they have you pets, know you know, all that you know stuff. that coming in, you're a piece of meat. Yeah. You're not, nothing's guaranteed. I don't care what it is. You, once you, once you start getting paid, everything changes. You have to realize that. And, and when it comes to this time of the year, yeah, you worry about it. Yeah. You think about it, especially when you're, you're hovering around, you know, a playoff position in or out. And, you know, if you, again, if you're one of the top teams in the league, no, you don't think about it that much. And, but, but you do know that, and you don't, the, the best players aren't thinking about it. Because if they're going to make a move, because they like where they are, man, we we're giving this team a, an opportunity to, um, you know, if we're going to do anything, we're gonna, we're going to add something to them, you know. And if it is a trade, it's not going to be one of your top players because they're the ones that you know got you to where you are. So, but when you're in this situation now, and when you're talking about Radulov is going to be gone, and and Klingberg could be gone, and this could be gone, and this could be happening, yeah. The only guys that aren't worried about it are the ones with the no move clauses. You know, so those are the only ones. And like, but like I said, it, it, they, for two, three years, you know, forget when they went to the finals there, but you know, when you're, when you're a team in the middle of the pack, you should think about it. You know, I mean, again, it, you know, if you're having a great year, even if you're having a great year, that's when your value is high. And if you're looking into the future, you're like, you know what? I got a defenseman here that typically scores five, six goals a year. He's got 10 already. He's a plus 22. He should be a number five. He really playing number three, but I know next year he's going to probably go back to where he is because here's what he truly is. This may be that aberration. This is that year that, you know, and he's been in the league for eight, nine years. We're probably not going to see this again. So his value is high. So, you know, you still, you still think, well, man, I'm, I'm playing above what I am. And then there's other teams that are like, man, we need that guy. You know, we might be getting something that you really aren't seeing, but but you know, early on, this is, this is the business. It is a business, you know? So, um, so you never got a call from it. You never, there were never rumors. I mean, you know, back when you played, there was no Twitter, there was no, you know, well, there, there was the journal though in Montreal. Okay. You know, that was the Bible. Right. Right. And, and it seems like every name is in there every day and what they all do there, because, you know, there's two buses of reporters and one bus of players. They're all speculating about, what team could use them? And all of a sudden it turns into a trade rumor. So who are you going to be traded to? Who are you going to be traded to? Yeah, but but I'm just saying, you know, here's who could use them. Here's a team that could use them. Right. Well, I'm saying like you, you personally, you personally, like in your career, when you were playing for Montreal, did you hear rumors about you being traded for somebody or going to a team? 
No, I, okay. I think, well, there was one time when uh, Chris Chalios was actually in my hometown in the summer and we were playing, uh, we were playing a, in a ball tournament, a softball tournament together and Charlie was there and we were both hearing that we were going to Chicago and we both kind of, you know, because we had been in Montreal six, seven, eight years, whatever it was. And, you know, in Chicago for me, it's close. And it was kind of like my, my team when I grew up, mm -hmm. not that I had a team, but that was a close one to where I live. And Shelly's from there. She's like, no, I'm going there. No, I'm going there. It was one of those kind of deals. <laughs> but, but I don't think you ever want to get traded because the, the part of being about traded is it's like somebody doesn't want you anymore. But then the other, the other guy that you're is, is that your agent is saying, but listen, this team wants you, you know? So it depends on, is your glass half full? Is your glass half empty? Yeah. You know, kind of thing. But you know, guys like me, I, I probably thought about being traded all the time. Like, why wouldn't I be traded? You know, I mean, I mean, I'm just, you know, I'm just that middle of the road guy, you know, so maybe there's a piece here. There's something, a team has an injury of a number five, you know, number five defenseman, you know, and they can get something for it. And Montreal, for instance, or Dallas, we got, we got a really good number seven kid sitting here. We got a number eight kid that's playing in the minors that we all heard about that could step in and play right now. Of course it would be me, you know? So you, yeah, you think about it. But I think the the further down the road you get, you just you keep it gets reinforced more every day. I mean, this is business, and you you can't worry about shit like that. You know, you just go out and play, and because when you start worrying about it, then your game falls off. Then of course you're going to get traded. Yeah, you'd you actually know, or, be or, a premium right now. What's that? You would be Ben Sherratt right now. <laughs> you actually no. would because you block shots. You know, you play stay at home defense. Teams yeah, but again, defense. you you have to you your value to somebody that is missing that kind of player. Yeah, that's all you are. I you know if you got you got a good number if you got a Darian Hatcher and a Richard Matvichuk, you're not looking for a Darian Richard Matvichuk. You're looking for right. a, a Chambers and a Ludwig. You know you're looking for that bottom pair or something like that. Yeah. So you you kind of have an idea. I mean you know the teams you, they know what players they're looking for and what they're missing and. You know, things like that. that that's what I said, you know, like for the Toronto's and Toronto's missing a goalie. You know, Edmonton's missing a goalie, they say, which they are, but they're missing more than a goalie. Winnipeg, Winnipeg has had, I mean, I, I don't know. I think for the last two, two out of three years, I've picked them to be in the finals and they haven't got a sniff. I can't figure them out. So they're missing more than, I mean, they're talking about, I mean, Shifley, their captain, who is a great player. I mean, his name has been rumored about being traded now for the last three months, Yeah, which is, ludicrous for me um because you're probably not going to get another shifley that's why good gms just kind of go okay we're in this it doesn't always mean it's your best player that's not playing well there could be other circumstances then there's other things that they know that we don't know you know I, you know whatever i mean it could be a player's attitude what he does you know on his days off where he goes out to or whatever that stuff could all be yeah and is he you know is he bringing other players down in the room you know those kind of things that you have to have you know, you always have to take into account. They got to be on top of those things all the time. He is Texas Hill Country, Craig Ludwig. If you're in the Texas Hill Country this weekend, look for him. Buy him a beer. Will you accept a free beer, sir? I'm not an idiot. <laughs> <laughs> Although every time I go out with you, I got to pay. So No, we're going out in like a, I don't know, a few weeks or something. We're doing that charity dinner. Yeah, again. we're doing a charity dinner. Massame. Which is, it's just during the week. I mean, we got an awesome guy who bought it. I mean, really excited. He's he's a great dude. However, um, it's during the week. So that's a, you know, that's a school night. Oh, Lord. What do you mean it's a school night? 
I mean, it's a school night. Yeah. <laughs> you just hide in that little cubicle of yours and you'll be fine. No, that's fine. I mean, if you, you want probably me got to... one of them big plushy offices over there too. No, it's not plushy. It's not plushy. Well, that's right. It's got all your tennis awards in there, right? It's <laughs> all your trophies and your rackets hanging up in there. There's nothing wrong with that, sir. It's a sport just like any other. The Spittle, Spittle Sports Hall of Fame. <laughs> Why do you keep bringing my down my my achievement? Back when I was younger. It's okay. You know why? Because you actually call them achievements. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I was not the best player, but I was a hustler, and that's what matters, just like in life. I'm a hustler. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> well, enjoy the Texas Hill Country, sir, and I am looking forward to partying all night long with you in a few weeks as we do it for charity. I guess I need to go out and uh, get a date. All right, well, get ready to be disappointed. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So we'll see about next week because Craig's got a busy schedule. Congratulations on doing well. And then so you guys are – this is the big time. This is the tourney right now, right? So you're – Yeah, this yeah is, we won our regionals, and so we're headed to nationals. Um, what seed? 14 or 16 teams that we're heading to Rochester, Rochester, Michigan. Wow, nice. Yeah. What, what wow. seed are you? I think there could have been a better place to go than that. So. Huh? Anyway, um, you know, so we'll see. I mean, it's it's going to be tough. I mean, the top, you know, top teams in the country are there. And the majority of them, and we were, you know, we were one of them. I think we finished in the top 10 or 11 in the country. So, um, you know, it, but it was the two teams. I mean, both our, our last two games that we had to play to get to the semis and then the finals, they both went into overtime. So, um, you know, either one of those other two clubs could have gone, Phoenix and, and uh, Rocky Mountain. It's funny, like there were, the, the Rocky Mountain team was coached by former NHLer and a teammate of mine, uh, Doug Smale. Uh, Smaler played 12 years or so. And so, and then on the, on the Phoenix team, uh, two more NHL guys, one former Dallas Stars, uh, uh, Ray Whitney and uh, Dave Ellett, who actually was teammates with Doug Smale in Winnipeg at one time. So, um, and then there was also uh, the Phoenix, there were uh, Phoenix U16, 15, 14, all that kind of stuff they had. So did Dallas. Um, anyway, there was another NHL guy there. I mean, Dallas Drake who played. Yeah. You know, so Dally played, you know, quite a bit. So there were some NHL guys around that are now, you know, trying to help out with the, you know, the young kids and stuff like that. So, um, but it was, a, it was a great, uh, it was a tough one. It was great. And it's going to, you know, they're supposed to be hard. Uh, next week will be tough. So congrats we'll, coach. Yeah. We'll see how we measure up. Well, we'll listen, I think the Texas Hill country is a terrific place for you to watch video and advanced scouting on these teams so kudos for you for for just leaving your house and bunkering in down the texas hill country because i know that will be your full attention well i'm not sure if i'll be watching video or making a video but <laughs> I will, i'll be having some fun all right that's gonna do it for another yeah, leave it on that note there on spits and suds i'm gavin spittle and he is two-time choreographer director uh, Stanley Cup champion, Greg Ludwig. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a great day.